When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, Tim Wright here along with Dr. Michael Gurian. And uh, even though we've already had some podcasts in 2022, this is sort of our first official time to be recording some podcasts uh, and seeing each other and talking together. Uh, So we're glad to have you joining us for the Wonder of Parenting podcast here in 2022. And uh, another great topic, and I say this all the time, they're always great topics or we wouldn't be coming to you anymore. And uh, looking forward to to chatting with Michael today about parenting and how moms and dads parent differently. Uh, Before we do that, however, uh, as always, we want to take just uh, a brief opportunity to say thanks to our sponsors who have been with us the past couple of years and are uh, with us again this year. The first is the Forge School. Michael, tell us a little bit about your work with the Forge School. Yeah, uh, the Forge is in uh, rural Tennessee. It's uh, near Benton, Tennessee. It's on 55 acres by a river. And uh, it's residential treatment for boys, 14 to 17. So boys who are having issues, um, especially anxiety, depression in that realm. Um, uh, and it's 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 uh, now called Embark at the Forge School. And oh. the reason is the Forge School is people can still yeah. find it, but it's Embark at the Forge School because Embark is the company that owns uh, these. Uh, I think they own around 20 residential treatment. Um, this one is, you know, very boy friendly. I've been consulting with them uh, now for over a year and uh, they're a really great school. So if anyone knows 14 to 17 year old who need uh, brief residential treatment, like, you know, one to two months, uh, look at Embark at the Forge and go to our website, just the Forge School wonderofparenting.com and it'll click over. Excellent. And then uh, the sponsor who's been with us the longest, and that's Dr. Greg Jansen, the great folks up there at the Center of Place of Hope. And uh, again, this is probably going to be airing sometime in February, uh, but this is still a time when we're thinking about doing some new things and and improving our health and our well-being. And and Dr. Greg Jansen has several books that can help you do that. And uh, the, the center itself is a great place if you ever need uh, some extended care for someone you love or for yourself, we encourage you to stop by, uh, at least on our website, and take a look at what they offer. They're one of the, the highly rated clinics in the country, and it's the Center of Place of Hope, and you can find more about them on wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. And also want to encourage you, if you haven't done so, head on over to our Facebook page. Just uh, put a search in for Wonder of Parenting and hit the join button. I'll let you in as soon as I get the notice. And uh, there's some great discussion that takes place there uh, that happens offline uh, from our show and uh, a lot of really good insights from parents just like you who are listening to the show, who are wrestling with parental issues and parenting issues. And I think you're really going to like it. So I encourage you to head on over there. And every once in a while, Michael and I uh, chime in as well. Uh, I do like to take some questions off of there from time to time. So when you post a question, it may show up on the Wonder of Parenting podcast. So back in early December, uh, Michael and I had a chance to speak at an event here in Phoenix, where I'm living. 
and uh, it was sponsored by Head Start. Was that were they the ones who were sponsoring that one? Yeah, Greater Phoenix Urban League and Head yep. Start. Yep. And I know Michael's been working with them a lot on some um, projects here. And the second, the first day was helping boys thrive. The second day was geared more toward uh, the power of dads and the importance of dads. And uh, Michael did a portion in his discussion where he looked at uh, about 10 differences between the way that mom's parent and dad's parent. And they're, they're generalizations, so we always give that, uh, that disclaimer at the top. But it was so fascinating to me to, to see clearly articulated. These are 10 ways, 10 assets that moms bring, 10 assets that dads bring, and why kids need both. And I thought we would go through some of those today. Uh, we've talked about some of these things before, but this is such a nice summary of uh, some good parenting techniques, good parenting skills, and what it is, moms, that you bring to the table, what it is, you dads, that you bring to the table. And so I'm just going to throw out some of these and let Michael expand on them. And let's start with moms. Uh, the first one that I have down here is that moms bond with kids in a greater variety of ways. So talk a little bit about what you mean by that. Yeah, and same caveat, you know, these are generalizations. They're what we call um, biological tendencies, mm. and uh, and we put them under the category of maternal nurturance and paternal nurturance. And so sometimes, um, you know, on a given day or in a given moment, a dad's being more maternal and a mom is being more paternal. And if it's a single parent home, you know, sometimes 90% of the time that's a single mom. She's trying to be both maternal and paternal. So we want to know, and if it's, if it's a gay or lesbian or bisexual couple, gay lesbian couple, um, uh, these still apply because, and so this is sort of a big point about this, human nature appears to uh, kind of diversify into maternal and paternal nurturance. And even gay mm. couples, one is more masculinized, one is more feminized. And so, so this will still apply. So I wanted to put all those caveats and knowing yeah. that there's exceptions to everything. So yeah, moms tend to, maternal nurturance, she tends to be uh, more sensorially, oxytocin is what we think does this. Oxytocin is the bonding chemical that women have more of. Um, and, and so she's sensorially connecting more with the child um, doing more of that hands-on care um, in a wider variety of ways, you know, more bathing of the child, of course, more feeding of the child, she's breastfeeding, um, uh, on and on and on. And and dads tend to do, uh, dads can do all those things except the breastfeeding. Um, uh, but, you know, we can do bottle, you know, we can do, we can do a lot of the same things, but our tendency, paternal nurturance's tendency is to do quick burst, quick burst relationship. And and um, and it's what we used to call quality time. Uh, so both mom and dads are involved in quality time. But, you know, it's that five to 10 minutes that we realized around 30, 40 years ago, we started realizing, oh, you know, those quick bursts are actually incredibly valuable. Um, uh, and a lot happens in those quick bursts and uh, of bonding and contact. And so, and uh, so dads tend to, you know, have three or four ways, quick bursts. Um, uh, where moms tend to do like maybe 10 different things with the kids. So uh, so that's kind of the first one. That, that was kind of focused a bit on moms. For dads, dads tend to downplay emotion and upplay performance. Yeah. So again, maternal and paternal nurturance. Um, you know, uh, guys, because we ourselves, right, we're more testosterone driven, 
where testosterone is a, an aggression chemical, an independence chemical, you know, so we're, we're tending to pass that on. Um, and again, exceptions to every rule, of course, often moms do this. But in general, you know, looking at trends around the world, you see dads saying, you know, you need to, and I, I like to talk about love versus respect. Um, mm. Both parents unconditionally love their kids. All parents, they unconditionally love their kids, right? Okay. But but the dad didn't carry the child. The dad doesn't have that same um, internal bond with the child. He has a father bond with the child. And part of that father bond is, um, uh, well, I didn't carry you. You're not, you're not actually an extension of my body. Um, I want you to act in ways that I can respect. So I'm going to, I'm going to be the one who tries to make sure that you are acting in ways that um, are respectable. And, um, and so, you know, and I don't, in order for you to perform, if you're, you act in these ways, you to do these things that will get you respect and self-worth and so on, uh, you're going to probably have to downplay emotion. Uh, you can't, you know, you can't just cry all the time, let's say, or you can't mm -hmm. whine or you can't, you know, you have to, performance requires this hard work and it, and I want to hear about your emotions if they really are needed in that moment. Absolutely. You know, not an ogre, but uh, here's kind of what you need if you're going to succeed. You need to be able to push through those emotions pretty quickly. And so, uh, you know, and that also creates the downsides of both maternal and paternal nurturance. You know, sometimes the downside of paternal nurturance is the dad is so focused on the the, the child performing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so focused on saying, ah, you don't need the emotions to perform all you, you need the passion, but you don't need, you know, this crying. So that can be a downside, uh, downside of the maternal, you know, where where the child is an extension of herself. Uh, very often moms, you know, like you see moms sitting in the audience when their serial killer sons are being um, prosecuted and you rarely see dads sitting in the audience. And uh, I thought this was a really interesting metaphor for this, where for the mom, well, you know, no matter what, I mean, I, I, I still love you. I'm here for you. The dad is, you did not act in a way that is appropriate. You're dead mm -hmm. to me. You know, now that can, people can say that's bad. Um, but uh, I do think there is this difference in maternal and paternal nurturance. And I think ultimately it's an asset. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, okay. So moms, mom number two. Provide hands-on and needs-based attachment. Yeah, the child is, uh, you know, moms are so attached, so much oxytocin um, in that maternal way. It, it, that's, it seems to me the child needs this, you know, so I'm there. I will give up myself, <laughs> you know. I will have no self as a mom uh, because I will give up myself. This child needs something. I'm right there. I'm giving this child what the child needs right in this moment. And now five minutes later, the child needs something else. I'm giving that child what the child needs in that moment. And that's very much needs-based attachment. And she's so empathic and she's mirroring so much. And her mirror neurons, um, I've talked about these before, uh, women, oxytocin, female brain, female system creates more mirror neurons. So mirror neurons are what are in our brains when we empathize with someone else. Our brain creates mirror neurons of the pain they're feeling, and that that helps us to empathize with them. So females create more mirror neurons, and they last longer, and um, that definitely is going to affect maternal nurturance. So she's going to see these needs, she's going to mirror them, she's going to attach via these needs, and you know, especially when the kids are young, these are hands-on. You know, she's again sensorially, she's touching these children, she's 
changing their clothing. She's bathing them, you know, um, uh, uh, more of that. Again, can dads do that? Of course, dads can do that. But mm -hmm. we're looking at biological trends that's, that seem to hold true worldwide. Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So, and this one, uh, I know because we talk a lot about this when it comes to guys and risk-taking, so this won't be a surprise to say that dads tend to promote risk-taking and independence. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, there are exceptions. There's some very passive dads. There's some et cetera. But um, yeah, dads, you know, we are more testosterone-based, and these chemicals really matter. And the male brain really matters. The female brain really matters, as well as socialization. They all matter. So when you look at paternal nurturance, you see you see that the you know the dad because he takes more risks. Uh, we want to remember also we've talked about this that the the midbrain and the top of the brain in females so uh, you know are much more connected. Uh, females operate more out of their frontal lobe um, than men do. And the frontal is where executive decision-making is. And there's so much more connectivity. And a lot of that is because there's so much connectivity between the emotion centers and the word centers at the top of the brain, which are up in the frontal temporal. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but there's just <clears throat> so much more frontal for her. So she's she sees more of what will happen if a risk is taken. And she assesses that instantaneously and thinks, ah, let's not take that risk. Mm -hmm. And um, let's not have my child take that risk, you know. And, and that's actually a great thing, right? It's great. It's very protective, et cetera. Um, but it's good. It's good that you have someone else who, um, you know, for future success of the child, I think it's good that you have someone else who says, ah, I don't see those risks as much, you know? Why don't you go out and do this thing? And I'm going to help you go do this thing. And yeah, it's going to be a risk, but it'll also make you uh, a little more independent, you know, a little stronger and you might get hurt, but you'll get back up again, you know? So, I think that's the root of why paternal nurturance tends more toward more risk-taking and independence. And and one of the things that risk-taking does is it helps build resiliency in our children. And and again, I, I've said this many times, you are really big right now on building resilience in our kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, over the next number of months, I'm going to be publishing four new blogs, essays, uh, almost like a mini book on resilience in, in uh, the American child. And yeah, uh, so I'm, you know, I'm very into it because I think, I think that's part of why our kids are not growing up as mature as we need them to be as we're, we're not, we're more focused on the potential that they might have an emotion that feels bad for them, let's say, right, rather than on uh, pushing them to grow up. And um, so I am generalizing there. But 
uh, a lot of kids are growing up well. But I do think that's a trend that we have to assess. And so, and part of that happens because the father is more and more removed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the father was really involved, if we go back a few decades, um, you know, the father's really involved before we had that, this fatherhood crisis we're in now, um, you know, the kids matured quicker. Uh, mm-hmm. They were taking more risks. They were meeting more challenges. And and a great way to talk about it is rough and tumble play. That's a great way to sort of look at the science around this. Rough and tumble play is a higher risk kind of play. Um, and if folks, you know what I mean by rough and tumble is you're you're rolling around, you're wrestling, you mm-hmm. you definitely have the potential to get hurt, and um, uh, and then to have to get back up again or get repair. That's that's something that fathers specialize in. And it's emblematic of this kind of risk taking. And dads are doing this with their kids when their kids are like tiny, you know, <laughs> they can barely crawl and the dads are throwing them around, you know. And so that's very risky. But that also builds the brain and builds resilience in the brain. Uh, so you're absolutely right. This is this is something fathers are somewhat obsessed with, even though they don't realize that they really are trying often are trying to raise these resilient kids. And I always say to parents, look, if you listen to this and neither of the parents are doing these things, like neither of the parents is promoting risk taking and independence, then even if it's the mom, someone should be doing it. You know, we're dividing mm-hmm. it under maternal and paternal nurturance because we're following these sort of worldwide trends, biological trends. But um, uh, but it's by strategic parenting that's so important. So if the dad's not going to do it, then I'd love to see the mom do it. Yeah, really insightful, really insightful. And and I'm glad you brought up sort of the the challenge of uh, less influenced by dads um, or less. Uh, you know, we have a shortage of dads, so to speak, in our culture. Increasingly, boys and girls are growing up without dads around or a lot of dad influence. And it is interesting how that has created a resilience crisis in some ways in our country today. There are other reasons mm-hmm. too, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Uh, you know, we're trying to protect and coddle uh, yep. more in our schools than ever before. But a lot of that has to do with that that masculine energy that we're missing. Yep. Really good. Um, so this one is r- really interesting. Uh, a good comparison in, in contrast Moms tend to help their children express their emotions in words, very verbal. Again, you've mm-hmm. got a lot of brain stuff for that. Yeah, and that is to be expected, and that's another worldwide trend. And because females have brain uh, have uh, word centers on both sides of the brain, males our word centers tend to be on one side. We lateralize brain activity, so whereas moms are cross lateral, so those those word centers are connected on both sides of the brain for females with the emotion centers, sensorial centers, and memory centers in the midbrain. And so, so that is, you know, the primary, I would say primary reason that moms, women tend to try to get their kids to say more words and they're saying more words, especially as connected to feeling. Um, It makes absolute sense, you know, it's a great thing. I mean, it's great if you get your kids to talk about what they're feeling. And that tends to be an emphasis for moms. And that's another worldwide trend. And dads, we don't do as much through words. We don't connect as many emotions to words. Uh, we tend to experience, express, and expel our emotions. Um, and females, of course, experience, express, and expel emotions. And that's what human beings do with emotions. We experience them, we express them, we expel them. If we've been significantly traumatized, then that process, you know, then we could be a year or two or 10 or 20 where we're, you know, because 
because we've been traumatized and there's all this emotion and, you know, and that's, that's therapy around that in terms of the daily emotions though, you know, we're experiencing, expressing them and expelling them. And, um, uh, as, as more words are used, the expression time, right. Cause as more words used and the back and forth with more words used that expression time elongates, it distends for dads. Um, uh, when experiences, when, when the emotion is being experienced or the experience is happening, um, you know, the father's brain, he's move he moves more of the blood flow down into the body. So males mm-hmm. are moving more down into the body. Females are moving more up into the frontal and temporal where the word centers are. So it's a different experience that males and females have with emotion. And dads will often circumvent expression and go right to expelling it. You know, they'll just go and they'll bang their hand on something or whatever, you know, obviously not hurt anyone and you're stop their feet or whatever. And then the emotion, they, the emotion's gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. I expelled it. And so they're of course going to operate out of their consciousness. And while dads can be very good at helping kids talk about feelings, I think you and I both are um, absolutely. It's mm-hmm. still more paternal nurturance to just figure people are going to experience, express and expel them. And to be saying to kids, you know, um, uh, I want to talk to you about your feelings, but I'm, it's not happening for me as much, you know, so I'm open to it. Are you okay? You know? And then the kid says, yeah, I'm okay. And the dad, then we go play basketball. You know, that is more common. Definitely. I think for dads than moms, moms just rely a lot more on words. Very interesting. Um, so dads, uh, tend to expect and enforce discipline and provide contests and tests of skill. Yeah, this is along with performance. You know, you, you look at, at, mm-hmm. at, so both moms and dads can coach soccer or t-ball or anything. Of right. course, that's true. At the same time, you do see that it's more dads doing it, right? They're more involved in wanting to get their kids to uh, be involved in this, the skill building that comes from contests, from confrontation you know which which like soccer or football or these things are um and t- more testing you know how strong are you i'm going to test i'm going to test you and that that is more paternal nurturance moms can do it but dads are operating out of more testosterone and, and we're not processing so much feeling so we're operating more from that per- performance perspective we're passing more on of that onto our kids we're we're wanting to challenge them we're wanting to build resilience in them um, we're much more forgiving of them doing, as we said, these risky things or going out and getting involved and getting hurt or doing things to their friends where their friends get hurt because we as boys did those things, you know, mm-hmm. and and so we expected. And now, you know, now the father daughter relationship has changed 50 years ago. It was what it was. But now, you know, fathers were even finding are they're more protective of their daughters. That that's a trend for sure. But but. They're like, yeah, go out there. You know, I'm going to coach you in soccer. Oh, yeah, you got hurt. Okay. Um, uh, That's part of the contest. You know, that's part of the challenge. And so um, that's, yeah, that that's where I think, um, I think then some of the discipline passes on, um, you know, because you have to learn self-discipline when you're doing these things. You have to learn self-discipline through these contests, through these tests of will. And then, And then um, dads who are active fathers, uh, you know, again, there are some very passive dads, but dads who are active fathers, you know, often will say, uh, as I, as I mentioned before, that's not good behavior. Yeah. You know, uh, you don't get five chances. Uh, You're not supposed to do that. You did it. 
you're grounded. And moms yeah. tend to be more, they, they distend or elongate the discipline process more, not all moms, but uh, a lot right. of moms, you know, and they go, Oh, you know, I told you not to do that. Right. And then the kid does it. And then I told you not to do that. And then the kid does it. And, 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 and so I always say to families, okay, look, let's say I'm wrong in your family and it's not the dad. Okay. Someone's got to do that. So if it's right. the mom, then she should be the paternal nurturance there because someone has got to be the one who says you don't get a hundred chances. Yeah. Uh, discipline and self-discipline are crucial. And so, yep, you're grounded right away. No second chance on that. And that, that was the famous line, at least years ago, just wait till your dad gets home. Right. <laughs> That's uh, right. Because there was sort of a biological understanding that dad's going to sort this thing out. And uh, so shape up or dad's going to come in and there's going to be, uh, you know, the law will be handed down. And we're not talking about abuse. We're not talking right, about, right. you know, all that. Stuff. It was just dad's going to come home and he's going to say enough's enough. Yeah. And, and that's to follow sort of the brain science of that. Yeah. Um, let's look at, uh, so another trend for moms, they tend to promote development through verbal encouragement and praise. Now, as we've talked about already, this isn't going to be a surprise for people, but expand on that a bit. Yeah. Well, mom's already uh, more verbal, connecting more words to feelings, right? And so, um, and and more mirror neurons and so on. And, you know, they they like to be praised and they like to praise. And, you know, one of the things we learn, things we learn or teach couples uh, is always, okay, make sure to praise, you know, right? Make sure to validate, make sure to praise. And I'm, and in my practice, always telling men, now remember, you know, she needs to be validated. She needs to be praised and et cetera, et cetera. And it's true. And it's also true in parent-child relationships that um, um, moms uh, tend to praise kids a lot. And, you know, things like good job, saying good job for everything, mm-hmm. which we say now. And, 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 you know, maybe there's no harm in it. But I always think, okay. Um, one of those parents should not be saying good job about everything. Uh, you know, let's have one of those parents complimenting the child when the child does something really well. Okay, mm. then praise for that. Where moms, you know, the flying, flying dads on this thing is that dads often don't praise enough, you know. And right. the flying moms in this thing is that often they praise too much. And their child, um, because they're operating out of their own, consciousness unconsciously they're just operating out of more verbal praise good job good job using more words you know great and uh again it's a good thing but it has that downside because soon the child doesn't believe it anymore you know the child starts to grow up and just thinks well i'm getting praised for everything you know so i'll just act in any way i want because i'm going to get praised for everything so the verbal praise um can backfire and uh, so if it's the dad giving a lot of verbal praise, sure, this can switch. I would say to him, if everyone's giving a whole bunch of verbal praise all the time, one of you hold back. Um, mm. So we do want to praise our kids. Uh, but I think I think that as my my assessment sort of as cult of culture growth on resilience is that as the father and males got pulled out of of the systems, you know, sort of uh, parenting systems, et cetera family systems, as they became marginalized, we um, moved more toward maternal, kind of hyper maternal nurturance, which is using words for praise. And again, it's a good thing. I'm not saying to any mom not to do it, but we moved culturally so much to it that now kids are praised for anything. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't create in them that kind of the brain response 
that we need from them where they've got to go do things well, do it right, do it well. And I will praise you for that. So I know I just right. went off on a tangent, but someone someone in the family should be giving all this great praise and someone else in the family should be saying, I'm going to praise you when you do something really well. Yeah. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So is that kind of where this whole. Um, participation award, uh, grading on effort, not finished product has sort of evolved out of as well. Just a highly, I don't want to, I won't even use the word maternal, but just a highly praise oriented self-worth culture versus self-achievement culture. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that a lot of this that came through the psych field through, you know, my field, the psych and education fields, which are my two fields, a lot of what came through starting around 40 years ago came through from early feminism. And, um, uh, and then it came through academics, then it went into, you know, books, media, uh, everywhere. Uh, that and it, and And so it does come along the line of a kind of female brain approach, a more female approach and the uh, and people were publishing studies they weren't really you know they weren't really hard science studies they were sociological basically assessments saying that if you praise children all the time which is already the tendency of maternal already the tendency of female brain and again it's it's it, praising is a good thing that if you do that that's what builds the strong self Right. Mm. These words of encouragement and the constant verbalization of how great you are is what's going to build you into a strong self. And as as the paternal was, you know, we wanted to tear down the patriarchy and all that. And so the paternal was taken out, especially of psychology and education. The paternal, this sort of more male approach that we're talking about, um, was taken out and even denunciated, really, that that males are not praising enough. That's bad. Uh, they're being too hard on children. They're the source of abuse, you know, and all, all of that. And so the, that more paternal way has gotten pulled out. And so the maternal way, which is always great, always great to praise, right? What happened is now it became, you know, a hundred percent. And that's where I think the problem is, if we want moms to do this, to, to be praising the way they do and using words to praise as, as, but we also need this other half. And uh, so I think I think it's kind of a we're having to now look at these concepts of child raising and say, wait a minute, we have to do everything in its place and value everything, but not let one approach take over uh, completely mm-hmm. as if it is 
the correct way, we have to look at how our kids turn out and do they turn out to be mature and strong and um, uh, successful. Uh, anyway, so I don't know yeah. if that's a tangent, but does yeah, that make no, sense? No, that's great because the, the counterbalance to that or or the tendencies that dad have then is to encourage immediate action as a path to self-worth. It's a little different than using just words to praise. So, uh, so tease that out yeah. just a little bit more because we've already talked about it. Encourage immediate action as a path to self-worth. Yeah, the doing, the doing, you know, let's do, you need to do something. And a lot of that is, and so that's action. Um, yep. And 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 a lot of that is because that's how we operate, right? Our brains, you know, so much more moves down, as I said, in our blood flow. And a lot, some of where it moves down to is the cerebellum. That's the doing center of the brain. That's at the base of the brain that connects into the, uh, you know, this, um, the spine and males have more spinal fluid, you know, and they're moving more activity down into their body. So they're doing, and then often when we want to get kids to learn or to talk to us about what they're feeling, uh, boys, I mean, we have them move around. Why? Because if we can activate the cerebellum that's doing, it can mm -hmm. then also flood upward and we can get more blood flow upward. So some of it will hit the word centers, um, up at the top of the brain so we can talk to them about things. But if they're just sitting, right, they're just kind of almost falling asleep because the male brain and female brain operate differently in this. So fathers, of course, operate out of this, right? We operate out of a male brain and a male self, and, and that's how we father. So again, not 100%, but what we will tend to see is that fathers are going to want doing to happen. They're going to want action to happen, you know, and that's like the coaching soccer. They are bonding through action. Um, yeah. And I call it task specific empathy where they bond with the kids and they're empathic inside the task. You know what I mean? There's, this is the task. Okay. I'm empathic inside the task. If the task is soccer, okay, you fell down. I'm empathic with you, but here's the task. So uh, let's get back up and do the task. Let's do. And um, so, yeah, dads do operate more out of action. And right. that is a good thing. That is actually a good thing. And it's, it's, it's okay to, to do, go more to action and bypass some feelings, especially as long as mom or someone else is helping them with those feelings. Yeah, good. All right, last one. And I'm going to do these both together because they do okay. tie in together. Moms tend to help kids feel better and feel more. Dads tend to help kids feel stronger rather than feel better. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean by that, and by now, obviously, I'm sure people are going, okay, I get that. But I'll just tease it out for a second. So much is going on in the mom's mirror neurons and all of that when she sees her child feeling hurt in any way that she wants her child to feel better. And she will stop right. what she's doing. And she'll just try to help that child feel better. And uh, it's a blessing. I mean, it's it's an incredible thing. And then she'll want the child to feel more. Also, you know, the child, she'll think there's a little feeling in there, right? She'll be assessing her child. And I think there's a feeling in there. She's reading all these facial cues. Remember, men don't read as many facial cues as females. We don't read as many social cues, et cetera. So she's reading all this in her child and thinking there's something else in there. So she's, you know, saying, okay, what are you feeling? How are you feeling? So because she, she wants the child to feel more. And part of that is because she feels so much, right? And right. so, of course, we're going to parent based on ourselves. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay. But dads don't operate on all of that as much. 
And so dad's, you know, kind of summing up everything we've said thus far about paternal nurturance, it is going to tend more toward that resilience building and the feeling stronger. And, and that's, that's where that error that has happened in the past where, where fathers especially would say, boys don't cry. Right. Okay. Now that's an error. What they were trying to say was, uh, get that crying out really fast because now it's time to get back to work. That's what they really mm-hmm. should have said rather than setting, saying boys don't cry. Um, because they, they know that that boy will feel stronger if he processes through the emotion quickly. And I'm talking not about trauma, but I'm talking about an emotion. Like I fell down and skinned my knee. If he right. processes through that quickly and then gets back up and joins the task, gets back up, joins the game, et cetera. He knows, and he's right, that that child will feel stronger if the child does that. So dads are going to tend more to try to help their kids feel stronger, and moms help the kids feel more and feel better. And again, both are great. So Michael, if if uh, parents want to learn more about this, um, which of your books, and you've got a bunch of them, would you say, hey, this is a good way to to kind of understand how moms and dads parent? Well, I think the newest ones, uh, Saving Our Sons on Raising Boys and The Minds of Girls on Raising Girls, uh, are are really, you know, the best because they're new and yep. they have all the new research and and uh, all the stuff on resilience building and uh, in there and maternal and paternal. So I would say those. I do have a previous book that's now about 15 years old called Nurture the Nature. Yes. And, and that is where I actually put these initially, these mm-hmm. lists where I studied maternal and paternal nurturance um, and and codified this. Right. The list that we're working out of today. So that, but that's that's 15 years ago. Um, it's mm-hmm. a good book. It's a really good book. And I, I do recommend yep. it. But in terms of the newest stuff, I'd say saving our yep. sons in the minds of girls. Yeah, good. I recommend all three uh, because okay. they really are, you know, you know, the saving our sons. And uh, the wonder or the minds of girls, really good stuff in terms of all the latest brain science. And what Nurture the Nature does is uh, it kind of expands on what parents can do with their kids. And I think the book still is as fresh today as it was 15 years ago. And uh, I think it's one of my favorite books. Now, I've got about 25 favorite Gurian books. <laughs> so it's one of the 25 favorite books and I uh, highly recommend it. So thank uh, Michael, thank you. This has been really good. I hope parents, this has been helpful for you. Um, again, the point is one style isn't better than the other. They're both really good together and our kids need them both. The, yeah. And, and, and I want to reiterate that it's not about dads having to do what I just said and moms having to do what I just said. Right. You know, people have their own personality. There's going to be exceptions to everything. The big thing is, though, uh, to be by strategic. So yes. if 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 you're listening to this, if a parent is listening to this and says, whoa, neither of us are doing this or like even with grandma and grandpa, like we have four or five of us raising these kids, but none of us are doing like the more paternal nurturance, which is the one that we tend to get less of, then then divide that labor up and make sure someone is doing it. And if that someone is the mom, great. Yes. Uh, so that's the sub-message under studying uh, maternal and paternal is we're studying the importance of bi-strategic parenting. Yeah, very, very good. Well, Michael, thank you very, very much. You bet. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everyone. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back with you next time, the Wonder of Parenting podcast.